welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, check out thrivechurch.co.nz. Good morning, Thrive Church. How are we doing? We doing good? Turn to the person next to you and um, say how beautiful they look today. Say you look beautiful. So excited to preach today. I, um, last night I even polished my shoes. I haven't done it in a long time, so probably since I was at school. Um, it's only like two years ago though. Uh, and I, I put on my preacher's coat. This morning I was brushing my teeth. I was so nervous I was going to get toothpaste all over a day. I'm one of those guys that, you know, brush your teeth and you just get it everywhere. I don't know how they do it on movies where they just get it so clean. Oh, it makes me jealous. Um, yeah, so exciting. I'm kicking off the theme uh, that we have at Thrive for January. So this theme of I Believe, um, as you can see around us, we've got mountains all over the stage, um, graphics everywhere on social media and that kind of thing of this new thing that we're launching for January 2016. So uh, I get to kick it off today, which is an amazing privilege. Um, and so over the next four weeks, we've got four young, what we call young guns, four of us, um, and we're going to be kind of just paving the way for what we believe is going to be a powerful year 2016. Amen? Come on. So Glenn's away, so it uh, means I'm preaching. means I kind of get a little bit of free reign. Um, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Glenn's away in Cambodia at the moment. Um, he's off visiting Kevin and Lekin at night uh, in the Mana for Life village. Um, over there visiting Stars of Peace and the Prison Fellowship, and of course, seeing the uh, beautiful um, Julie and Jeff um, and their wedding, so it'll be cool, and visiting the DS over there too. So just continue to pray for favor and all that he does in times of refreshing as, as well as revelation. Cool, so I've, um, I've called my sermon today, I believe in the Father heart of God. I believe in the Father heart of God. And the aim today is that you would walk away knowing the truth that you have a Father who loves you so much, a Father who loves you. So I'm just going to pray. Jesus, right now, I um, just thank you, for your, thank you for your love, God. Jesus, would you reveal your Father to us, that it wouldn't just be a cognitive understanding of his love, but it would just be a deep revelation that would just be inside of us. Amen. So back when I was a bit younger, I used to... Um, I used to throw some pretty wild parties. When I say wild, I mean like I had friends come around to my house and we'd play Xbox all night. And for me, that was pretty crazy. That was like, that was the, I was like, that was the epitome of cool and, and I thought it was the funnest thing out. And so, you know, 14, 15 years old, I'd have my birthday and I'd come to that time of the night where we'd just start playing Xbox and we wouldn't get any sleep that night and it was just the funnest thing ever. But then it comes to that time where you just get a little bit older and you kind of got to keep pushing those boundaries out a little bit more. And um, it got pretty weird, to be honest. We um, just started doing some real silly stuff like letting fireworks off in people's letterboxes. Just real stupid stuff like egging. Who, has anyone done that? No one's going to put their hands up and claim it, eh? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> so that, that was kind of like the parties that we had. And to us, that was really cool. But now that I look back, it was just lame and stupid. But um, during this time, I, uh, my dad, who's actually in the church in the building today, hey dad and mum, 
and our friend Doreen. <laughs> um, Dad used to just sit in his room and all hours of the night he'd be praying for me and my friends because my friends didn't really have a faith and they were constantly trying to bring me down. And uh, I genuinely believe that it's Dad's prayers to this day that brought me through this time where, um, you know, things probably weren't awesome. And I just have this picture of Dad in his room at three o'clock in the morning, just interceding on my behalf and just praying for me and just doing what a father does, and that's love. And so today I want to um, share from Luke 15, verse 11 to 32, and it's the story of the prodigal son is how we know it. But um, I want to take it from the angle of the father. And if you look at that word prodigal, it actually means like extravagant and um, a little bit reckless as well. And so I want to look at it from the perspective of the prodigal father, the reckless love that the father had, the extravagant love that the father had. So we can pull up that verse. Um, And it says, verse 11, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the field to feed pigs. So if you look at, um, if you think about it, it said, Jesus continued, there's a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate. Normally when you get given your estate, it's normally when you're, um, like your parents die or something. And so in this context right here, the son's basically saying, Hey, Dad, um, can you kind of die so I can take some money, have, have my share of the estate? So that's pretty brutal, right? Yeah, um, and it carries on in verse 13, and it says, Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. So I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up, went to his father. And but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him, and he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to his father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Verse 25, it carries on. It says, Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the field when he came near the house. He heard music and dancing, so he called out, called on one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father was, has killed the fattened calf because he is in back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. Throwing a bit of a tantrum. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. 
But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill the fat and calf for him. I think this verse is crazy because the point where the brother went wrong is, um, is he thought he had to earn the father's love and the blessing. But he couldn't see that it was actually unconditional. He said, Father, I've been serving you faithfully. Now he's striving for a gift that the father already had freely gave him. That was his love and his blessing. You know, to be a hired servant in that day, you'd work hard and you'd earn your livelihood. You know, they'd give you a place to stay, give you food to eat. But in this day, you know, and in these days now as well, when you're a son, that's a free gift. You get, you get free food. I love mum's cooking. It's the best. You get free food. You get a place to stay. You get all that. And you get your father's love as well. And it's the best deal in the world. And it goes on to say in verse 31, My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So we're going to flip back to verse 20. I'd love to camp on this verse today. It says, So he got up, went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. This morning I've entitled my message, I Believe in the Father Heart of God. I believe it's a revelation that we all need to get a hold of is the Father's love and how much He loves us. And, you know, I get this picture of the Father in this story and the Son coming home and, he, you know, He's kind of walking back in shame. And I see the Father, He's kind of got this lantern and all the people in the town around Him are just like, what's this guy up to, you know? He's like looking for His Son that completely dishonored His name and all this kind of thing, but his father's, you know, kind of out there with his lantern, looking around, trying to find his son. And uh, I'm thinking his neighbors would probably think he's a little bit cuckoo, just, you know, with his lantern out. That's the, that's the picture I get. And it says, the boy starts the, the speech is, sorry. He says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So the boy starts the speech that he's been rehearsing the whole way home. But he isn't, he isn't even able to get it out of his mouth before his father says, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Who loves to have feasts and celebrate? Yeah, I certainly do. So he's not able to get his rehearsed speech out or even able to say, you know, make me one of your hired servants again. Make me one of your hired servants. Let me earn back some money that I owe you and pay back my dues. He's not even able to say that, you know. You see, when he was far off in the land, he hadn't come to that full place of repentance. He thought, if I could just kind of get some food in my belly again. Joseph Prince, who's this um, great, great speaker, says, he's Asian, so I'm going to try what he says, the way he says it. He says, he wasn't going home because of his daddy, but because of his belly. He's going home because of his belly. I I can't do accents very well, as you, as you can tell. <laughs> it's like Amish or something, I don't know. His father didn't let him say any of that. He says, for the son of mine was dead and is alive. He is lost and now is found. And I think there's this very important element in the gospel that is here. You see, for us, when we come to Christ, it's all about, um, you know, the issue is sin, and it separates us from God. And we want, you know, we want forgiveness, we want a clear conscience, but for God, the issue is never that. The issue is always there's a relationship here that needs mending. 
There's a relationship here that needs mending. And so when we come to God, when we come to Father God, He always runs at us with arms open wide. You know, the boy that had rejected Him was the same boy that He sprinted after, the same boy that He waited for day and night. He had every reason to be angry, but what does it say? It says that He had compassion. And so when the Son runs, He runs into the heart of the Father. He runs into the Father's love. And then right at the end of the parable, when Jesus has finished speaking, he says, your Father in heaven is like this. Today I believe in the Father heart of God. In Romans 8.15 it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Father, 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 help us, give us guidance from above, because people got me, got me questioning, where is the love? In 2003, this hit song came out, Where is the Love? I love that song. <laughs> it's been nerve-wracking singing it up here, but this song got to the top of the charts. It was a big song everywhere. I learned the whole rap. It was the coolest thing out. It was like, <laughs> No. <laughs> but you know, we have a generation of people who are crying out for love, who are crying out for the love of a father. You know, you look at this context that this was written in, and um, God was portrayed as this kind of transcendent creator. He was portrayed as this almighty God, someone to be feared or revered. But the greatest revelation is found in the New Testament where Jesus reveals the Father, reveals God as actually this loving Father, this God of heaven who's someone who's just so caring and so loving, who's got so much love to give. And that's what the Bible is. From Genesis to Revelation, it's the story of a loving Father, a story of a Father who's pursuing His children right throughout creation, right throughout history, His endless and unconditional love. And this morning you may be thinking, you know, I've done some pretty bad stuff. I've had some pretty wild parties where we played Xbox all night. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter what your past looks like though, or the mistakes you've made, the relationships you're in, your feelings towards yourself, how you feel about your future. The undeniable truth is that you're a child and you have a father who loves you so much. You're a child and you have a father who loves you so much. I love this quote. It says, Though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. That's C.S. Lewis. Though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. Often our view of Daddy God is tainted by relationships that we have um, here on earth. Maybe it's with our earthly father or something. Maybe we've had a lousy or abusive father or haven't had a father at all, something like that. But that undeniable truth still remains that we have a father in heaven who loves us so much. Father who loves us so much. And it doesn't matter what your relationship with your earthly father was like. There's something powerful when we cry out, Abba, Father. Like that verse says, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back and to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Sometimes I believe the most powerful prayer we can pray is just sitting here and just saying, Abba, Father. Just Father, just saying the name Father and Daddy. 
And I believe that as we do that, that the fear and depression, anxiety and cancer just kind of melts away like butter before his name. Amen? Come on. John 17, 23, it says, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. This is probably this week I've found this verse, and it's probably become one of my favorite verses. What it's saying is that we are one with the Father, just as Jesus is one with him. That the measure of the Father's love for Jesus is the measure of his love for all his children. Just stop and think about that for a moment. This crazy revelation that the measure of the Father's love for Jesus is the same for all his children. That's crazy. That's crazy. And God loves us equally as much as his son, Jesus. You know, we're co-heirs with Christ. DV said this morning, we're co-heirs with Christ. And the same relationship that Jesus had with God, with the Father, we can have too. Just share another verse. It says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. I love that. See what kind of love. You know, Christianity is quite contrary to most religions in the world. Um, a lot of religions don't religions don't relate to God as as like a father. They kind of see him as um, like a god, and that's kind of it. There's no father. There's no children. There's no relationship. And I think that's something spe- so special about the God we serve is that He's a God of relationship. He's a God of love. He's a father, and He loves His children. And that's the revelation I want us to walk out with today. And I'm feeling like maybe there's people who are just saying, um, yeah, I know, I know that God loves me and that he's a father. Yes, Samuel. But I really want this to sink in deep. I really do. That the father God is so good. He's so good. He's constantly loving on his children and looking for new ways to bless them. Just the other week I was um, working for my dad at the moment, just earning some money during the holidays. And... I was painting this roof, and I felt God say to give away $100. And it was the first $100 that I'd saved for, um, for a new surfboard. And who who kind of doesn't like it when God says, give away a sum of money? Cheerful givers, yeah, I know. Um, but I was just like, oh, man, dang it. That's, that's my money, God. It's not yours. <laughs> anyway, I... Um, Conviction started happening in my heart and everything. And anyway, I gave away the $100. And um, to me, that was just like, oh, man, you know, I probably could have saved for another couple of months and I've got a sweet new surfboard. But um, a week later to the day, actually within a couple of hours, I worked out. Um, I was calling a friend and he was just, I was just like, oh, hey, man. And we're talking about surfing. And he's like, oh, bro, I want to give you a board, eh? And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I want to give you a surfboard. It's like a $1,200 surfboard with like $400 worth of extra equipment with it. And this isn't a brag. This is just to say that God is so good. That Father God is so good that he could have let me save for a few months and get this, you know, awesome board and it would have been cool. But he's like, actually, I just want to be a good dad and just give you it, you know, in a way that you don't even imagine. You know, the Bible says, whatever you ask for in my name shall be given to you. It also says every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. I love that verse. 
And you know, the disciples were constantly exposed to this atmosphere of love, to the Father's love. And this crazy revelation is that they don't just do love. They don't just um, operate out of love sometimes and sometimes out of judgment or anything. But that they are love. That everything about them is completely love. And that's what kingdom living is about. That's what living in God's kingdom is about. It's about operating out of love and being love to all. You know, what would North Canterbury, what would Ring Eura look like if it was full of Christians who had a deep revelation of the Father heart of God and who would go out and be love to people? I tell you what would happen. Revival would happen. And I think back to that picture of Dad in his room at 3 a.m. praying for me. And for me, that's a picture of the Father's love, of my Dad's love. It's such a good picture. And if my earthly dad can pour out that much love for me, how much more can the father of everything, the father of all creation, the father of every single one of us, how much more can he pour out for you and I? And this quote here says, The only remedy for fractured community is nothing less than unbridled, unbalanced, unconditional grace found in the outstretched arms of the father. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, the story of the prodigal son. Just that son coming home and the father just sprinting at him with everything that he has. It's so cool. And our vision here at Thrive is a community of people full of the love and freedom of Christ, living out their unique destiny, transforming our world. Ring your needs, people who have a deep revelation of the father's love, who can go and be love. I truly mean that. Ring your needs, people who have a deep revelation of the Father's love. I sung that song before, Where is the Love? People were outside our doors crying, Where is the Love? And we've got the answer right here the Father's love. It's right here. If I can just get the keyboard to start, that'd be awesome. The only remedy for fractured community is nothing less than unbridled, unbalanced, unconditional grace found in the outstretched arms of the Father. You know, the word says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is his mission. It's his harvest. And when we have a revelation of the Father heart of God, you understand that everyone around us is God's child. Everyone around us, is we're children of God. And it's up to us to actually take that outside the walls of church and to actually be love to all. That same revelation of the Father's love and the Father's heart for us, we need to go out and spread to all the world. You know, let's be a church of laborers who step out and take harvest. Let's be a church who would take any opportunity to make someone's day. Let's be a church who would invite our non-Christian friends to church. Let's be a church, let's be the church who are so full of the Father's love that when we step outside the walls of this building, we're nothing but love. Let's be a church who, when we invite people along to our services, that they are so blown away by the love of the people. Let's be a church where we expect to see Daddy God move in such a powerful way that people never leave the same. And I believe that 2016 can be the year when we see people come into the revelation of God's love, of Daddy God's love. Abba Father, Abba Father, I believe in the Father heart of God.
in a moment, I'm going to get us all to close our eyes. We're going to have a moment where we firsthand encounter the love of the Father. And then after that, I'd love us to all stand and we're going to stand and sing together. It's going to be amazing. So if we could all just close our eyes for a moment. Picture yourself as the prodigal son. And imagine yourself walking home in the filthiest of rags with an empty stomach. You've been far away from home and you're on your way back. And you see in the distance that there's this dot. And this dot's coming towards you. And it's coming closer and closer, faster and faster. And as you see, as you look, you find that it's actually your dad. And as he runs towards you, he throws his sandals off and he sprints towards you. And when he reaches you, he throws his arms around you, picks you up and holds you so tight as his big arms completely wrap you. This is the love of the Father. This is the love of the Father. Abba Father. Father, we thank you for your unconditional, unrelenting love. Thank you for the revelation of your heart for us. Thank you that while we were still a long way off, that you sprinted towards us and wrapped us in your love. Thank you for the 2015 and you know the victories and lives that were won for you. God, I declare increase over 2016 that it would be a year of the Lord's favor, that we would see increase, we'd see more. We thank you for the region of North Canterbury being one for you. We thank you for the truth that the same love you have for your son Jesus is the same love you have for all your children, every single one of us. We thank you for businesses in this church coming into a greater revelation of your love for us. Thank you for schools in this community coming into revelation of the Father's love. We thank you for families operating out of the same love you have for us. We thank you for fathers in this church taking hold of the Father's love and running at it with everything they have. We thank you for the revelation of you as our good, good Father. And Lord, we're so ready to be laborers for you, to partner with you and to see a massive harvest. Father, I just declare your love over every person in this room. That over the coming weeks, that they'll just walk into a revelation of who you are. That I prayed at the start, it wouldn't just be a cognitive understanding, but it would be a deep revelation in their heart and in their spirit that they have a Father who loves them. Thanks for listening. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz.